You are listening to the Woman of Faith podcast, hosted by award-winning author and transformation coach, Nancy Ruffin. Whether you're establishing your faith journey or just getting started, the Woman of Faith podcast is passionate about sharing stories of faith that will inspire you to boldly live the life you were created for. If you're ready to elevate your faith and step into who God created you to be, then you're in the right place. So let's get started. Welcome back to the number one faith-based podcast for women on these podcast streets. I am your host, Nancy Ruffin, and this is the Woman of Faith podcast, the weekly podcast for the woman who wants to grow in her faith and build a deeper connection with God. I'm so, so excited to be back with you, serving you for another week. Last week, we spent some time talking about God's plan, what that looks like for each of us, what how we are allowing the enemy to get in our heads and keep us from what God has planned for our lives. And I hope that you had an opportunity to listen to it, and I hope that it blessed you. And if you missed it, and maybe this is the first time that you're joining us, there are five other episodes that you need to catch up on. So I would encourage you that as soon as this episode is over, that you go back and listen to the last five, because they're all filled with such incredible nuggets, um, filled with scripture, filled with messages that I believe God has wanted me to deliver to the women that tune in every week to the podcast. And this week is no different. Uh, This week, we're going to be talking about what we do in our waiting season, right? And this week's episode is titled, I'm going to wait on you. And one of the things that I've decided to do with this podcast as it continues to grow and as it continues to evolve is figuring out different ways that I can tap into my creativity And think of different ways that we can keep it fresh and exciting. And so one of the things that I've started to do, beginning with, I guess, maybe even last week's podcast, now that I think about the title, is taking song titles of culturally relevant songs and using those titles as the center of the message for that week's episode. So the title is going to drive the content and the message and the scriptures and everything that we discuss in today's podcast. And if you're from, if you're not familiar with me, uh, one of the fun facts about me is that I love music. I am an avid music listener. It really does something to my soul spiritually. Um, It really helps to change my mood if I'm in a bad mood, if I feel like I need some, like a mood lift or something to make me feel better. I usually put on a song, music that's going to help me to shift whatever thoughts are in my mind and get me to a better place spiritually and physically. You might not even realize it, but music has a way of absolutely changing how you feel. And I'm going to share a quick story before I get into this week's message. But when I was younger, 
I always listened to R&B slow jams. I, I grew up in the 90s and R&B slow jams were huge back then. I used to love Jodeci. I loved Boys to Men, uh, 112, Jagged Edge, Keith Sweat, Seven Campbell. Like These were all the artists that I listened to back then. And I used to put music on like right before I went to bed, like a baby. Like I used to put music to put me, put, I used to put music on to put me to sleep. But what I used to also do, like me, my sister and our girlfriends, when we were in, I guess, melancholy moods or when we wanted to feel sad, <laughs> imagine that we would intentionally make ourselves feel sad pathetic girls. I don't know what we were thinking, but there were times when we wanted to feel sad. I guess our lives were so good back then. We didn't realize how good we had it and we wanted to feel sad. We would put on like really sad, sad love songs and just sit in my room with the lights really low and like meditate on the words of the song to the point where we would like get so filled with emotions that we would cry. Right. Um, and so I say all that to say that music, if you allow it, really has the power to shift how you feel, like physically in your body. I no longer play music to make me sad like because the world is sad enough. Like all I have to do is turn on the news if I really want to feel sad. And so instead, I use music now to uplift me and to raise my spirits, um, you know, and I love music because it, especially worship music because it allows me to just praise God and worship him and just be grateful for all of his blessings. So for that reason, I decided that moving forward, I wanted to tap into some of the songs that I'm listening to now, some of the songs that I'm worshiping to and take those titles and use the titles as the message for the podcast um, for a couple of reasons. One, because I love music, as I said, but two, because it is going to challenge me creatively to really sit with the, the song, sit with the title and figure out different ways um, that it is speaking to me and also allowing God to speak to me or through me through that song title. So for this week's song, I have chosen, as I mentioned, Maverick City Music's I'm Gonna Wait On You. And this is one of my absolute favorite worship songs. You can hear it playing in the background uh, because it really reminds us of the power and the strength that God fills us with when we're waiting on him, when we're trusting in his promise, when we just really turn to him for our hope and for our faith. And I know that it's so hard to wait in the waiting season, right? Because we are, we are a society that thrives off of instant gratification. So we want to see everything now. If we ask for something, we want to receive it now. You know, we want to see the fruits of our labor now. Everything has to be instantaneous. I mean, and a part of that has to do with the access that we have to information, like the instant access, right? The internet has made it that so that we don't have to wait 
for anything. We can just go on Google, on YouTube, type in whatever it is, whatever question we have, and boom, we get the answer immediately. Well, God does not work like that. God is not an instantaneous God. He is not a microwavable God. So it's not like we're putting our request into the microwave and we're setting it for 30 seconds and ding, ding, ding in 30 seconds, it's going to be ready for us, right? We know that God does not operate in this way. And so for this week, I wanted to pose the question, how do you wait in the season when you're not getting what you're praying for? And I really want to dig in a little bit into the idea of weight, right? Because when we normally hear weight and when I hear the song, Wait On You, right? It, it For me, initially, it invoked this idea of stillness, right? Of waiting, like when we're waiting for someone to do something, when we're waiting for God to move. But if we look at the... It, the, the word wait has different meanings, right? And so when you look at the term waiter or server, right? As like someone in a restaurant who serves you and who takes your order, um, that is a different way to use or define the term wait, right? Here, this person is waiting on us, not waiting on us to do something, but waiting on us, serving us. So in this week's episode, that's what I want us to reflect on, right? I It's not what you're doing while you're waiting, right? Like just waiting for God to provide, waiting for God to answer, but instead, how are you serving God while you're waiting for him to answer your prayer, right? How do you serve God in your waiting season? Because to be honest, many of us are waiting on something right now, whether we realize it or not. Some of us might be waiting to finish school. Others might be waiting to get a job. Others might be waiting on that promotion that is overdue. Uh, if you're me, you might be waiting on selling your house, which I've been waiting on since November because we put our house on the market in November. Um, and for whatever reason, it hasn't sold yet, right? And even though we had an offer on the table, but God said that wasn't the right time. And so the offer, for whatever reason, like that, that fell through. And so I'm still waiting on selling my house. I'm still waiting on finding another house to move into. But the point is that so many of us are waiting. We're waiting on God to speak to us, on him to reveal our calling, to reveal our purpose, to answer a prayer, to resolve a situation, to heal us. Like someone is waiting for something. And the truth is that waiting isn't easy because it requires patience. And I think I've spoken about patience uh, on past episodes. And this is something that I personally struggle with. I, I struggle with being patient. And I know that when God blessed me with children, it was so that it could help to develop that patience muscle. Because for those of you who are parents, you know that you have to have a lot of patience <laughs> to raise up a child because they don't know any better, right? And so there's this expectation. We have to teach them 
everything. And in that teaching, there is a period where we have to wait for them to grasp the lesson, to understand the lesson, and then to apply it. You know, so children will absolutely test your patience. And so I know that this is an area of development for me. It's an opportunity for growth. And so it might be for you as well. And so this is something that I've been personally struggling with, especially in this season of my life. Because for the past couple of years, I would say since I gave my life back to Christ, since I went through the public act of baptism and I became born again, um, I feel like God has been calling me to something else. And I don't really know exactly what it is, right? He hasn't revealed it to me clearly. However, I know that there is a call to ministry, right? So I don't know exactly where he wants me to serve. I don't exactly know in what capacity he wants me to serve or even how he wants me to serve. But I know because I feel the calling deep in my soul and in my spirit. And like, I just know it that he's been, he, that I'm being called to a position of ministry, specifically women's ministry. And I'm not exactly sure what that looks like. Right. So technically I am in a waiting season. I'm waiting for God to reveal exactly what it is that he wants me to do. But what while I'm waiting, there are things that I'm doing, right? And when we get back from this short break, I am going to share a few tips and a few ways or a few things that you can start doing while you wait on God to answer your prayer. Because God does not want us to be still while we're waiting. God wants us to be serving him. God wants us to be waiting on him while we're waiting on him to answer our prayer. So when I make sure you get yourself a, a pen and a pad if you don't already have one, because you know that I'm good for giving you takeaways. And I do not want you to miss any of the goodies that I'm going to be sharing once I get back. You are tuned in to the Woman of Faith podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for listening. So this week we are talking about, oh, we're not talking about, we're asking the question, how do you serve God in your waiting season? We are meditating on Maverick City Music's Wait On You. And we're taking the term wait, and we're really digging into that term. And I want to just share with you how the dictionary defines the word wait. And as I mentioned in segment one, there are quite a few definitions for what it means to wait. So the first definition states, stay where one is or delay action until a particular time or until something else happens. For example, I rang the bell and waited for someone to answer. Second definition, to remain in readiness for some purpose. He found the train waiting at the platform. Third definition, used to indicate that one is eagerly impatient to do something or for something to happen. I can't wait for tomorrow. And then last 
lastly, the one that I want us to focus on for this week is to serve someone such as in a restaurant, right? So when I'm asking you, how are you waiting on God while you're waiting for him to answer your prayer? What I'm asking is, how are you serving God while you're waiting for him to answer your prayer? Something for you to think about. You know, and in segment one, I talked about me being in a waiting season as I wait for God to reveal to me my next steps in my calling, right? Where does he want me to go in my service of him, in my worship of him, in the way that I am helping other women get closer to him? Does he want me to serve in a church? What kinds of stages does he want me to be on? Does he want me to be more intentional about the opportunities that get presented to me? Meaning that every opportunity that is presented to me may not necessarily be the best opportunity for me based on what God has planned for me, right? And so as I'm waiting for clarity, you know, I'm also trying to figure out, well, what should I be doing in this waiting season? Should I just be still, right? Should I just sit as um, the dictionary says? Should I just remain in readiness for some purpose? Should I just sit still, you know, like a train waiting at the platform and just wait for um, the clarity to arrive so that then I can start moving? You know, my faith assures me that God will bring me the clarity in his own time, right? And a part of that means that I do have to be ready, right? So maybe I am like that train in the platform that is just there, that is just waiting, that is ready to go for when God makes the vision really clear. And maybe this is what he's asking of you too, right? He's asking for you to be ready, to get ready or to stay ready so that you don't have to get ready. And I realized that we spend so much time focusing on the future. We want to know what's going to happen tomorrow. We want to know what's going to happen next week and next month and even next year. And I know that culture tells us, society tells us that we have to plan for the future, right? That we have to set things in motion. And listen, I'm not saying like not to plan for your retirement because duh, you don't want to be 70 years old and then have no money to support yourself with, right? So yeah, um, we have to exercise a little bit of wisdom, you know, when we're listening to these messages and taking them in. Um, but God has also revealed to us that he will take care of us, that he will provide, right? And so if we're always focusing on the future, that focus can hinder us spiritually and relationally in the present. Because if we're always laying our eyes on what's going to happen, what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen next week, then we're not focused on what's happening right now in this present time. And God tells us not to worry about tomorrow, that tomorrow will take care of itself. And really all we have is this moment right now, because tomorrow may never come. 
there are so many people that we have seen through through the recent tragedies that have happened in the news where they wake up every morning going about their regular day, their regular routine, going to work, dropping the kids off at school, doing whatever it is that they normally do, believing that's going to it's going to be a regular normal day and those people don't make it home at the end of the day. Right? So we all we have is right now. Right now is all that we can be sure of. So instead of focusing on when God will reveal to me how to build up my ministry, right? How I am going to um, serve him in this new way. I am staying in prayer. I'm being faithful in prayer and I'm seeking ways to serve God in the here and now while I wait on him to reveal to me what he has in store for me, right? So I'm not just sitting idly by not doing anything. I'm being proactive. I'm realizing that I have to be intentional about finding opportunities now and not just finding opportunities, but also creating my own opportunities because there's some of you out there that are just sitting waiting for somebody to give you something, to give you the opportunity, to give you the position, to give you the role or or whatever it is like you're waiting for people to give you something, not realizing and not recognizing that you yourself have the power to also create opportunities for yourself. The future is never going to come to me out of nowhere, right? There has to be something that I'm doing to set future things in motion for me. I have to be growing not just in my career, but in my relationships, in my adulthood, in my motherhood, in my sisterhood, in my community. I have to be intentionally growing. And when I say intentional, because we know, listen, you're going to get older. Aging happens whether we want it or not. Our skin is going to wrinkle whether we like it or not. But just because you get older doesn't necessarily mean that you're growing, doesn't necessarily mean that you're maturing, right? So you have to be intentional about your growth and how are you growing personally, professionally, spiritually? What are you doing to grow? What are you doing to set in motion the things or the opportunity that God has for you down the road? But you're never going to get to those opportunities if you sit still, if you stay idle, if you just kind of wait at that platform, waiting for people to jump on and to say, hey, here I am, or hey, here it is, what you're supposed to be doing. Growth doesn't happen that way. So I don't know what it is that you're waiting on God for, but you have to right now be preparing for the thing that you're waiting for. So what's important right now is finding ways to be encouraged in your walk with the Lord and how you can grow with other people, because that may be exactly where the Lord wants you to be at this point in your life. I've spoken time and time again about finding purpose in position. So many people like will curse the position that they're in because they believe that they should be 
in a different role, in a better position, in a better title. But I will tell you that God has a purpose for every position that he puts you in. And if you're still in that position, it is because there is still preparation within you that has to happen. So instead of looking to the next role or to the next position, look at where you are right now and ask God, God, how am I supposed to be developing in this position, in this level? What am I missing? What am I not seeing? Who can I be turning to, to help me grow where I'm currently at so that I can be prepared for the next position that is waiting for me down the line? The possibilities for serving God where you are right now are endless because God may want you to serve in other capacities exactly where you are. Maybe he wants you to serve in your local church. Maybe he wants you to lead a a life group or a Bible study or maybe a, a fitness group, or maybe he wants you to teach like a social media class for those individuals who may not be social media savage, not savage, social media savvy and may need the skill of social media, like, you know, to promote themselves or to promote their business. Maybe God wants you to do that. Maybe this that's how you serve him right now in this season, because we know that we all are God's hands and feet on the earth. He has put us here so that we can serve others, so that we can do his work. So how can you use your specific skills to honor and serve God right now while you wait for him to answer your prayer and to give you what you've been waiting on? See, because I've realized or I'm realizing that in the absence of having the exact clear direction from God as to exactly what I'm supposed to be doing to serve him by ministering to others, that that, that me knowing what exactly, by me knowing exactly what that is, is not as important as the fact that I am finding God-focused ways right now to serve him until he reveals more to me. So I'm not just sitting twiddling my thumbs saying, hey, God, I'm just going to sit here. I'm just going to wait for you to give me the revelation, right? I am actively, actively doing things, actively moving in ways to serve God. And in one of the ways that I'm serving him is through this very podcast. I'm, I'm serving him by ministering his word through this podcast specifically through women, helping women, you know, develop their own faith as they continue on their own journey, sharing scriptures to encourage women so that instead of women, you know, going out there and looking at, at the world for direction or instruction on how they should show up, that they're getting in the Bible, that they're getting into God's word so that they can learn what God has said about them. And God's promise to them, right? This is what I'm doing by serving individuals through the podcast. It's the same thing that I'm doing with my weekly Bible study, right? I am through that weekly quote unquote ministry, you know, inviting women in who want to study the word of God, who want to understand, you know, what God is saying, the truth that he is revealing to us through the gospel. And and, and this is how I'm serving him right now as I wait for clarification 
on how he wants me to minister. And who knows, maybe this is it. Maybe I'm waiting for something that he has already revealed to me, but for whatever reason, my mind is so clouded by everything around me, by culture, that maybe I'm not seeing it clearly because I'm expecting it to look a different way. And we do that often, right? It's right, it's that it's staring us right in the face and we're still seeking and looking for something else when God has said, hey, 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 it's right here. And until we get clear on ourselves and with who we are, we're gonna be so disconnected from God that we're not gonna be able to see what he has clearly placed right in front of us. And maybe this is why the Bible talks so much about waiting, because God wants us to know that the waiting is far from a passive activity in which we do nothing, and instead is something where we're actually doing and moving and serving him in. In fact, scripture teaches us that God wants us to actively participate in the work he desires for us to accomplish. Waiting strategically can cultivate good fruit in our lives, such as my favorite word that I'm struggling with, right? Patience, perseverance, and endurance. Waiting also draws us closer to our Savior and points those who are watching us to the gospel, right? So maybe that is my purpose. Maybe that is what I have been put here to do through this podcast, through the Bible study, through the way that I use my platform on social media, right? Maybe the purpose is so that people can look to me and can see the gospel. And through my words and through the things that I share, they are motivated and inspired to learn more about God's words. So as I serve him in these present ways, he will lead me into other opportunities the same way he will lead you. And sometimes this place of feeling like we're in limbo is where God is tasting, not tasting, what is wrong with me today? This is where God is testing our patience. In fact, James Chapter one, verse four tells us, let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So that even when we're waiting, as we're being patient, that we recognize that even in that, God's perfect work is happening in us, developing us, preparing us. Waiting on further direction can never be an excuse for spiritual laziness or inaction, right? So just because you're waiting on God to answer your prayer isn't an excuse for not doing anything. You can no longer be waiting in place for the future. You have to be serving God while prayerfully seeking him to reveal exactly what it is that he has in store for you. You have to be spiritually, emotionally, and relationally ready when it comes. You have to, because this is what God wants for us. He doesn't want us to just sit and be idle. Like Abraham waited 25 years for the fulfillment of God's promise. And Abraham never wavered in believing in God's promise, right? What did Abraham do while he was waiting? He was faithful. 
In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God because he was fully convinced that God could do whatever he promised. And Romans 4, 20 tells us, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and he gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had to do what he had promised. So how are you wavering right now? As you pray for God, right? Are you like standing firm in faith, knowing that even though it hasn't happened yet, that it will happen? Or is your faith wishy-washy? Like, are you bordering on disbelief? Because you can't toe the line with God. Like you have to be all in. You can't have like one foot in and one foot out. Like, you know, when you go to the beach and you're trying to feel out like the ocean and how cold it is and you go tippy toe in and you put one foot in and then one foot out. You can't be like that with God. Like you got to be either all in or not at all. And this, this was how Abraham was. Like Abraham was all in with God. He was so in that when God called him and told him that he had to sacrifice Isaac, he was willing to do so, right? He was willing to sacrifice his son because even though he was willing to sacrifice his son, he knew that God would provide another lamb, which he did. And if you go back to Genesis, you will see it right there, black and white. We actually studied this very scripture um, in one of our women of faith uh, Bible study cohorts. And he trusted that the promise that God had given him to make him a father of many nations through Isaac would manifest. So when God asked him to sacrifice Isaac as a young boy, he did it because he trusted in what God was promising him. So I, I need you to look at yourself and I need you to ask yourself, wow, am I, is my faith as strong as Abraham's? And if it isn't, go back and read the book of Genesis for one. And you can join us in Bible study cohort five, which is launching uh, June 29th, because we're going to be reading the book of Genesis. But you have to have Abraham as your example. Abraham's faith is our example that he gave all the glory to God, that he trusted in God, that he praised God. God, while he was waiting for God to fulfill his promise to make him the father of many nations through his son, Isaac. See, Abraham didn't wait for Isaac to be born to praise him. He praised him before Isaac was born while he was waiting. We get to serve God through our praise. And I'm going to, as soon as I finish this thought, we're going to get into the different things that we can start doing to serve God in our waiting season. But one of them is praising God because praising him strengthens our faith. We got to praise him for all he has already done. And we have to use the past works as the proof of his promise, that he's a promise keeper, that you look back at everything that he has done for you and that you use that as the proof of the promise that's to come, as the promise of the thing that you're praying for that hasn't yet materialized. 
Praise him because he saved you from that toxic relationship. Praise him for the betrayal that he showed you, that he revealed to you. Praise him for the job that came through when you needed it most, for that promotion that came when you needed it most, for that unexpected deposit in your bank account where you were struggling to make ends meet that week. And for out of nowhere, you got this deposit from the IRS that you weren't expecting. Praise him from the sickness that he healed you from or that he healed your family member from or the baby that he gave you that you prayed so hard for. There's so many things to praise God for, so many things that he has already proven to you. So as you wait in this waiting season, praise him because praise activates God's miracles. We get to serve God through our praise. Praise him before you receive the miracle and as you wait on him. Because as you wait on him and as you serve him, your strength shall be renewed. Isaiah 64 tells us, for since the world began, no ear has heard and no eye has seen a God like you who works for those who wait for him. So how are you serving God? in your waiting season. When I come back from this break, I'm going to give you some concrete things that you can start doing right now to serve God in your waiting season. You're listening to the Women of Faith podcast. One Peter Chapter two, verse nine tells us, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And I share this scripture because it encourages us And it reminds us of our responsibility and our privilege, our privilege to praise God because we are his people, because he sacrificed his one and only son so that we can have eternal life. So for that reason alone, we should be praising him day and night in our joys and in our sorrows, in everything. Because everything he is working for the good of his kingdom, for those who believe in him and who who act according to his purpose. And so the first thing that you can start doing to serve him while you are waiting for him to answer your prayers and to give you what you've been asking him for is to praise him. Praise him for everything that he has given you, everything that he has saved you from, every door that he has opened, every door that he has closed, for every relationship that he has um, withdrawn you from, for every relationship that he has allowed to flourish in your life. 
for all of the lessons that you have learned through failures, for all of your successes, all of it, every single thing is a direct result of God's hands in your life. So you have to praise him. You praise him for everything. And I know that sometimes it's hard to praise him during those difficult moments, but it's in the difficulties that God is raising you up, that he is strengthening you, that he is preparing you, that he is building your character. And when you're in it, you can't see it. But in hindsight, like once you've moved on from that, you can look back and say, wow, God was really with me in that moment. Because when you're down and out and there's nowhere else to go, what happens? Who do you turn to? You're not looking at your friends. You're not looking at social media. You're not going to your spouse or to your parents, right? No, what do you do? You're on your knees. You get down on your knees and you pray and you cry out to the Lord because you know that it's only God that can deliver you from those really hard moments. So I don't want you to forget what he's delivered you from. Think about the hard moments that you have survived. It wasn't through your own might that you got through them. It was through God's grace that you got through them. So praise God in the hard, difficult seasons. The next thing that you can do is to watch with expectancy. Be expectant that God is going to give you what you're asking for. But you also have to be prepared for the unexpected answers because sometimes God gives us what we're praying for, but he does not deliver it in the way that we expect him to. And I will tell you that while God has been faithful to many of my prayers, sometimes he has delivered them in ways that I didn't expect. And I will give you one example. When we received the first offer, on our house during this process of us selling our house. It was right in the, it was, when did we get this offer? We might've got it in January, I believe. So it was the middle of the kids school year. They wanted like a 30 day closing, which meant that we had to pack up our entire house, find where we're going to put the kids in school and then find a place for us to live somewhere else to live. And I was stressed out. Me and my husband were stressed out because we hadn't found a house of our own. And because we didn't know where we were going to be moving to, we didn't know where we were going to put our kids in school in, right? We were finding houses. We were putting offer offers in on houses, but we were getting outbid. So no one was accepting our bid. And I kept praying to God. I was like, God, just make this process easy for us. We don't want to make this stressful. We have to put the kids in a new school. Please make the process easy for us so that it's easy for the kids. It's a smooth transition for us. Make it easy. I kept on praying on make it easy. Two weeks before we were supposed to close, we still didn't have, we still didn't find a house or a place to live. We still didn't know where we were going to put the kids in school. Um, but the offer ended up falling through with the individuals that were supposed to buy our house. And while I was very disappointed because what it meant was it was going to prolong our process 
to sell the house and to move and to find a house of our own. After I allowed myself some time to kind of just process that, I recognized that God had answered my prayer. That God had answered my prayer when I was asking him to make the process easy for me, for the kids, for my husband, for for all involved. And he did that by pulling the offer on our house. That way we wouldn't have to move our kids in the middle of a school year. We didn't have to go live in a hotel because that was like what the options that we were looking at. There were so many things that he prevented from happening in one action by pulling that offer. And so that, so though I was praying for that, I was not praying for it to happen that way, right? In my mind, the expectation was that he was going to allow us to find a house, that we were going to put the offer in, that our offer was going to be accepted, that we would have a smooth move into this house, that we would smoothly transition our kids into the school district to wherever our new house was going to be. That was how I was envisioning it. When I was praying to God and I was saying, God, make this process easy. That was my vision for the easy. God had a different vision, right? And so I have learned that I watch with expectancy for the things that I'm praying for, that I also remain open in understanding and recognizing that God might answer my prayer, but he might not answer it in the way that I am envisioning it in my mind. And so I want you to do the same. You might be praying for something. You got to stay open though to how God might answer that prayer because he may not answer it in the way that you think he will. And so being able to grow in humility (laughs) means that we have to get rid of our pride. It has to be done away with, right? We have to learn to love like Jesus requires us. And it's, it's this, it's being able to say no to the way we envision our life unfolding, right? We want our lives to look a certain way and we want God to answer our prayers in a specific way. And we have to learn to put our ego aside, our pride aside and step aside and say, you know what, God, I'm praying to you, but I'm remaining open in however you want to deliver the thing that I'm praying for. The next way that you can start serving God as you wait is to put your hope in his word. Read Psalm 130 verses 5 and 6. We can be tempted to put our hope in things that may disappoint us in the end. We can hope that a doctor will heal us, that a teacher is going to help us, you know, pass us in whatever class we might be struggling with. We may be hoping and praying for our spouse to love us, right, so that we can finally be in the loving relationship, marriage that we want. We may be hoping that our employer will reward us or that a friend is going to help us. Like we could be praying for all these things, but the truth is that we can only put our hope in one source, right? It's only when we put our hope in Christ that we can wait with confidence and know that we will not be put to shame. That We can know and we can trust that when we hope in God, that his word is the word. It's the only word that matters. There's only one place to go for reassurance during hard times, and that is to God. And it seems that God allows us to experience disappointments in life to teach us, to teach us this, to teach us that nothing else will truly satisfy us or provide us with a firm foundation to stand upon, that he is it, 
He is the only one. God's word alone is unshakable. He is the firm foundation that we can stand on and that we can trust. And we can wait for God knowing that no matter how dark the night is, his light will break through in our lives, that it will bring abundant joy and it will give us a more intimate relationship with Christ. The next thing that you can do is what Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6 tell us. Trust in the Lord and lean not in your own understanding. Why is it so tempting for us to depend on our own wisdom when we really don't know that much, (laughs) rather than the wisdom of the almighty God? What makes us think that we know better than he does what is best for us? Scripture speaks clearly about how to live life abundantly forever with Christ. Yet, all too easily, way too many times, we justify our sinful ways. We declare distasteful commands irrelevant, right? We ignore everything that God tells us and we do what is right in our own eyes, what we think we should be doing. Because in our own stupidity and in our own foolish pride, we believe that we know better than God, our creator knows. Could you imagine that the creation, that the audacity of the creation to believe that they know better than the creator who made them, who created them, who, who was very intentional with our specific, our specifications, like the way that he created you, he did so intentionally and he knows the reason why he created you. So imagine your audacity to believe that you know better than God does. You got to stop trusting in yourself and in the things that you understand and start trusting in the Lord, even when you don't understand it. The next thing that you can start doing as you wait, the next thing you can do to serve God is to be strong and to be courageous. I found that one of my biggest battles in long seasons of waiting is fighting fear and all its buddies like anxiety, worry, feeling like I'm not good enough, like all of that, all of those negative limiting beliefs that start to creep up when we're in our waiting season. That's the enemy trying to get in our heads and trying to distract us from God's promises. And it's always that pesky little voice in my head that asks, well, what if this happens, right? And the if is always something bad. What if God doesn't answer my prayers? But it's the Bible, it's me getting in the word of God that has taught me that enduring strength and courage will never be found in myself or in anything outside of me, that true courage and faith is only going to be found in God. And I'm empowered to be courageous when I meditate on the word of God, when I am filled with the reminders of his abundant goodness and that he sent a savior to set me and you and all of us free from sin. And when I remember that my, that, that, that short moment of when I'm doubting is just momentary right? That as long as I 
kind of kill that thought before it really materializes and arm myself with the word, the word of God, that kind of puts me back on track because I'm reminded of what Jesus said. I will never leave you or forsake you ever. He will never leave you or forsake you. He is Emmanuel. And if you look up the meaning of the name Emmanuel, Emmanuel, it means God is with us. God is with me. God is with you. God is always with us. And that's a promise that will sustain us while we wait for answers to our prayer. And the last thing that I want you to kind of just hold on to as you serve God during your waiting season is to wait for God's promise instead of going on your own way. Scripture offers plenty of examples of disciples who got weary of waiting for God and chose to do things their way. And when they choose to do things their way, that is when, like, all hell breaks loose, for lack of a better term. That's when chaos ensues. That is when you, you see sin really make its way into the world because people choose to do things their own way, just like Eve chose to disobey God in the Garden of Eden and she ate from the tree that she wasn't supposed to eat from when God specifically told her, don't do this. Because when you do this, everything changes. But she thought that she knew better than God, her creator, and she went and she ate from the tree and she changed the course of our lives forever. So I want you to be reminded that God's goodness is promised for those who wait patiently for him, no matter how long, regardless of how hopeless things appear to you, even when it seems to cost us everything, God is able to do more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to his power at work within us. That is Ephesians 3.20. Because when we wait for him, we will never be disappointed. Praise him. Serve him actively right now as you wait for him to answer your prayer. Ask yourself, what can I do? to wait on God, to serve God as I wait for him to serve me. I hope that this episode blessed you. I encourage you to share it with somebody, be a blessing in somebody's life today, that that might be the way that God wants you to serve him right in this moment. And no matter what happens, no matter what thoughts try to creep up in your head, no matter what limiting beliefs try to take over your mind, I want you to remember that you were created specifically to fulfill God's purpose for your life on earth. Remember that you were created for more. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Woman of Faith podcast. If this episode blessed you, Consider supporting us by leaving us a rating, giving us a review, writing a comment, and sharing with your network. And if you feel really moved, you can consider making a financial donation to the link in our episode notes. Until next time, I pray that you are blessed 
that you step boldly into what God is calling you to do and that you never forget that you were created for more.